Hey guys, before we get into the episode, it blows my mind that we're launching another podcast. And this time, I actually want to feature you guys as a guest. Now, if you're a six-figure entrepreneur who has your own podcast and you listen to the show, I actually want to interview you on our brand new podcast, which is called Six Figure Podcast Rebels. You just need to go to www.top100interview.com and you can apply to get featured. All right, guys, back to the show. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, wow, I really thought I'd be further ahead by now? If so, you are not alone. I've spent the last two years traveling the globe looking for the answers. The problem is, it's fear of failure that was holding me and so many of you back. I realized that no one was telling the real story of entrepreneurship. So I flew to the US, decided to face my fear and go all out to build my million dollar business completely from scratch. But the real question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our online tribe and share the internet's top marketing secrets. My name is Jamie Atkinson, and this is the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement. What's going on, Entrepreneur Junkies? Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Atkinson, the podcast junkie, and I have got another insane and awesome interview lined up for you today. My guest today, (laughs) he's spent three years working for three just to learn everything that he knows as a financial advisor. He's now the CEO and frontman of Better Wealth Solutions. He's the author of The And Asset, and he teaches people better ways to save and use your money so it serves you. Uh, and he spoke recently at the Traffic and Conversion Summit, which is an absolutely huge deal. Please welcome my guest today, Caleb Williams. What's going on, Caleb? How's it going? Oh, man, I am so excited to be here. Jamie, thank you so much for having me on your show. And yeah, I'm excited, man. Dude, I'm super excited because uh, we're actually a pretty similar age. Um, I know a little bit of your background because we just spoke before the show. And uh, and actually, one of my good friends reached out to me and said, Jamie, you've got to get Caleb on the show because you know his story is incredible. He's been doing amazing things in the financial space. And I know, you know when he said that to me, I had this kind of immediate thought in my head of saying, well, aren't financial advisors boring? And, <laughs> and that kind of came into my mind. And I know speaking to you, Caleb, you kind of think the same thing. But before we dive into all of that, because I think you know, we've got some amazing content lined up for people who are listening today about how they can really understand and use their wealth for the good of you know, what they're building as entrepreneurs. Before we get into that, I just wanted to get a little bit of a, of a background for our listeners about you and your story and, and kind of where you came from. Is that okay if you share that? I would, I would absolutely love that. Uh, and, and by the way, I love what you're doing on your show and I believe story is important. So it's, it's truly is an honor being here. Uh, but my story is uh, kind of unique. Uh, I, I grew up in central Wisconsin. Uh, I, I currently live in Denver, Colorado now cause I, I hate the cold weather, but, uh, I, I was the oldest of six kids and my dad is kind of grew up as a, a research doctor. And so he's brilliant. He's written multiple books on biology and science and, um, and I, I can barely spell biology. So like it, it <laughs> definitely didn't hit his, his uh, genes as it relates to science. Uh, and my mom was a nurse, but stayed home and homeschooled us. And one of the things, uh, Know, that I am super grateful for is the upbringing that I had because um, I I had some learning disabilities, um, but I also like my my family and my parents invested so much time into me on like teaching me the things that I think truly matter, like how to be proactive, how to talk to people, how to sell, like things that like 
that like you can build things on, right? And so one of the things dad did, I always hated working with him growing up, but he would always teach me to be proactive. And if I was just standing around or sitting around waiting for him to tell me what to do, I would like get in trouble. So at like a young age, 12 years old, I'm like, you know, hustling out there looking for ways to be productive when I'm helping him. And those little things were truly, truly helpful as it relates to kind of the journey that I went on from there. But, but then my first job, and you, you might find this funny, is I gutted chickens. Like literally my first job was gutting chickens for a living. And uh, it, it was not necessarily the most fun job, but I got paid a dollar per chicken. And that was really where my fascination with money came from. And as it relates to like efficiency in business. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I was... I made a dollar per chicken and I worked in the summers and all my friends were like spending all their money. And at 14 years old, I was making like 15, 16 bucks an hour, which was more money than I ever thought I would make. And I was thinking, man, what if, what if this money could now work harder for me? And, and so I started reading some books. I started reading, uh, uh, reading some leadership books and business books and became like uh, obsessed with how we can like money hacks and how we can get our money to start working for us uh, better. And so from there, at, at the age of 17, I, I got a job at a bank. And uh, that was one of the first off moments of the power of network and the power of the people that you know, because the guy that I was sitting down with literally was on the board of this community bank in central Wisconsin. And he sat down, heard my story and said, young man, you need experience. And I mean, no, I, I had some job experience, but I don't know how a chicken farm uh, would look on a resume. <laughs> And, and, uh, so he got me a job at a bank. Like I was 17 years old. One thing that your audience has to understand about me is super short. I'm dyslexic, not super confident. Um, I literally, uh, was five foot two when I was six. Like I was extremely short, not confident. I got a job at a bank. And one of the things is banking is an incredible business. I think a teller is an amazing way to learn because you're learning how to talk to people. You're dealing with people's like social security number, their money, their paycheck, everything that is very private. Um, and you're also having to do customer service and having to be on the game. And so I was like the, the kid that was telling the CEO how to run his bank better because I could never turn my brain off. I was like super like, how can we be more profitable as a business? I love the mission that our bank serves. And so at the age of 18, networked with a lot of people, got offered a lot of different jobs, went back to the CEO of the bank. It was really clear to me that I wanted to be a team player for them and said, I could care less about money, keep paying me what you're paying me, but I want to learn about the investment department and I want to learn about the marketing department. And so Got some experience there. I started going uh, full-time to our uh, local university, uh, University of Stevens Point, Wisconsin, with a finance, bachelor's in finance. Worked full-time. And then at the age of 19, my life changed uh, pretty, pretty significantly because the guy that was running our investment department took another job. And at 19 years old, I took over the bank's investment department. That's where it really, it really got real for me. Made a made a commitment that I was going to do the very best thing for my clients. Made a mission statement that uh, I, I exist to help people see and reach their highest potential. And went on a two two and a half year journey of not really making any money, being obsessive about finding the best people in the space, how to help people truly maximize their life potential. And there's so many strategies that go along with that. You know, worked at, at the bank, service people after graduation, started my own company, and uh, have been running this for over two years. Came out with a book last year. And if you, if you can't tell, like I, I'm living the dream and love, absolutely love this idea of helping people reach their highest potential as it relates to their wealth. 
Wow, Caleb, that's an amazing story. And um, and just so we're super clear for everybody that's listening for the audience, and, and I want to kind of pedal back and dig a little bit more into your story. What's your main mission then? What's the big thing that you're trying to achieve, you know, over the next 10 years or so? My my main mission is really simple. It's It's to change the way that people think about wealth. Okay, we've been taught that this is someday like retirement, like this retirement planning is, is, and, and by the way, the, the definition of retirement is to be taken out of service. And if we truly want to add value, we truly want to add value, when would you ever want to retire from adding value? And, you know, and so the whole idea of retirement is we, it's like, we hate what we're doing and we want to leave that. And so, so that's one thing is to change the way that we think about our money. But the other thing is like, I truly believe that we as entrepreneurs are our greatest asset. I believe the individual, the ability to add value and per, you know, is, is the greatest thing that you, you possess. If I can help you from get better and help more people and add more value by taking the skill set of, of helping you maximize the efficiency of wealth, like everything that you do will get better. And so like, I'll take you as an example. If I can help you be more efficient and, and, you know, do different hacks as it relates to wealth, you might be able to reach one more person with your podcast. Because you have, a, you know, an, more money to invest in a marketing strategy, which that might change their life and the world's a better place. So it's kind of this idea of going back to, I believe um, we are incredible and we, a lot of people are not reaching their highest potential. And that doesn't just have to do with money. It has to do with a lot of other things. But if we can start getting uh, excuses out of the way, we can start living to uh, helping more and serving more people. Yeah, I love that a lot. And, and we kind of talked a little bit before the episode started about how mindset is so important, whether it become, you know pertains to finance or for you know entrepreneurs in general. You've really got to get in the right mind zone. And, and I want to touch about that a little bit more in the episode. But just before we kind of jump into that, Caleb, I really want to dig into <laughs> this, this whole role that you took over from the finance department, because I'm just fascinated by that. So how did that happen? So you know, your, your guy that was running the department just decided to leave and go to a, you know, a competitor or something like that. So what was that process like? Did you have to apply for the role? Yeah, good, good question. I, so at the age of 18, I was the investment assistant. And I thought I, I, I made it. I had my first business card saying Caleb Williams, investment assistant. Uh, and, and so I was, I was getting licensed and I was the kind of guy that was calling everyone. And I had, you know, I knew everyone at the bank because it was, I mean, we had three branches you know, it was a small under a hundred million, uh, hundred million in assets. So it's a, it was a small bank compared to like the big banks. And uh, the the guy that was running the bank uh, was the second father to me. He's fifth generation. It, it's super super cool story. But he was like a second father to me, and he took over his the bank, the community first bank at the age of 26. And so when, when the transition of, of the guy that was, you know, left into, to a competitor, um, I called in his office and it was really a temporary thing. It was like, we're going to have you take this over until we find someone else. And he, and JG, the, the CEO of the bank told me something that was just like, has stuck to me ever since he said, Caleb, people care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. And like, I know that you truly care for people and that you will do the right thing. And that's why I am confident that, that to t- you know, have you take this over. And, and what I, and I tell people is it, he probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because it was, if you can imagine, I, I call it the tenants of horror. People would come into the bank and they would get their financial review. And if you can imagine, I mean, I know people can't see my face, but I literally look like I'm 15 years old right now. And I'm, I'm 23. Uh, if you can imagine what I was 
you know, at 19. And they literally were like, is this for, and like, I, I just would like, you know, just, I realized the more I talked, the less I credible I would be. And so it was just like a really uncomfortable first couple, first couple weeks, first couple months. But, but the reality was something switched in my brain. I started asking more questions. I started learning, started learning how to communicate. And I was, I mean, that's why I'm able to be a successful guy in the money world because I truly learned and I truly live that mission out. And so I'm grateful that everything went well, but it was a rocky. And if you, I mean, we could probably spend a whole hour talking about the dumb things that happened while I was happening in that role. But uh, that that was kind of then the transition. And I I pretty much dedicated my book to the CEO of the, of the bank because even though I left to do to do my own thing, um, he's he's truly like a second father to me. Believed in me and gave me some unbelievable opportunities that I am forever grateful for. Wow, I love that so much. And uh, yeah, it is really funny because I'm also of the young face looking uh, <laughs> demeanor. And I have that all the time, the same. And, you know, people will look at you and say, you know what, Jamie, someone told me yesterday, they're like, I didn't really want to take you seriously. And then I started listening. And I imagine it's probably yeah. the same for you, Caleb. And, and yeah. it's funny because there's a lot of people out there who feel like something like that can hold them back. But really, it's just about putting yourself out there and, and, and trying and doing it, right? You just got to take that action. 100%. Yeah, I love this so much. So listen, so you you were doing that. You were 19. You were running um, the investment department. Crazy, crazy um, kind of situation to be in at 19. And then a couple of years later, you left to do your own thing. Now, what was the thought process behind that? Because a lot of people would look at you and say, Caleb, you're crazy. That's a great job. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Including my mom. She's like, uh, you have to to realize this. In college, I had the second largest office. I had the corner office of the bank, had my own, you know, cell phone. And it, it was pretty insane. Uh, and, and this is really the aha moment. And it was so tough because I'm a relational, relational person. And so I did not want to hurt anyone, but it was really, really simple. I learned some strategies that could literally change people hundred percent. And, and then I also realized that we were being lied to at a massive scale from the, the wall street, from people that, I mean, they didn't do it only, but that's just what they've been taught. And I realized that if I truly had this mission of helping people and I truly wanted to make a difference. If I was going to stay at a bank in central Wisconsin and let people come to me, it'd be incredibly hypocritical. And so I had this vision of like, okay, there's this thing called the internet. And what if we could educate and coach people on the internet? Well, I mean, you'll laugh at this, but the people are like, oh, no one will do that. Like, are you serious? Like no one will talk to you about their money over the internet. No one's going to watch videos and get educated over the internet. No one's going to read a book from a kid who, you know, doesn't even know how to like read, you know, like, so I, I was just told all these things. And, and believe it or not, the biggest criticism that I got leaving was like, how, how prideful you are. Like the, the, the industry is you work under someone until they die or retire. So like, you know, you know, it's, you'll be 40, 45, 50, and then you take over the firm. That's how you do it. There's like no young person that's, that's taken this route. And so I got a lot of pushback, but, but at the end of the day, it had to do with impact. And I knew I could have a better impact by leaving, by getting the message out, by, you know, being on like people's podcasts like yours and and winning stages. That was going to be truly um, like why I'm doing what I'm doing. And so um, that's kind of why I left. It was, it was really a tough decision. I took a step back financially um, and, but now, now where we're at as a company, we're, we're truly thriving, have clients in over 23 states. And, um, and I'm just blown away by, the, the, by, the, by what, we were a, what we've been able to do these last two years. 
I think that's really important because the big thing that stood out to me there, Caleb, was that it's all about the message and, you know, you want to be able to help more people and you're actually doing the people in the world and injustice if you don't put your message out there. You know, so you could stay, like you say, in that bank in Wisconsin and people could come to you, but you're only going to be able to serve a very small amount of people. So the amount of change you're going to be able to generate in the world is very small compared to if you go big. So I really applaud that. And that's actually something that a lot of people don't realize is having that true belief of how you want to change things and, and who you can help is is kind of huge for kind of moving forward. One thing that I'm really curious about is when you first got started, what, what did you do to start off with? Did you go and create your company straight away or did you start to build a following online? What was your first step? So, and, and this is where I would love to ask you some advice because we're still like the reason we, we've been in business because I'm just a big relational person. And so the, re, the reason why we've had a successful last two years is I've just had a lot of people that I've built relationships with that have followings that refer clients to us. And you know, when I speak and people hear about it, we have about a, a thousand of my books out now and we're actually ready to do a book launch. So you, we could we could have multiple episodes of me asking you questions about just different different things that you've learned as it relates to marketing. <laughs> that might be um, fun. Yeah, it was, but I mean, we're so right now we haven't got a ton of clients on from marketing. It's just all been organic. Like people have heard about us. Like you know, when I speak, people are super interested. And so that's kind of so when we let when I left the bank, I was like, okay, you know, I spent way too much time on things that don't matter, like logos. I spent way too much time on like you know a dumb mission statement that we've changed multiple times and. I didn't do the things that right now I'm realizing, oh, those things are kind of important. And so what I'm really focusing on now is promoting my book because people that read my book, they just, they get it. Like you either, you either like what I do or you don't. But if you like what I do, like you get it and you want to work with us. Uh, We're launching a course, a blueprint that literally walks people through the four steps of wealth that if we have time, I can go through that uh, on here. Um, And so we help people not only learn that stuff, but we coach them on that. And so that's something that we're launching. Like, I mean, we already have people on our beta, but uh, so that's super exciting. I uh, um, am also doing a podcast where I'm interviewing other successful uh, entrepreneurs and, and people that really get this, this wealth space. Um, because being dyslexic, that's how I've learned all this stuff. Is I just would talk to people and you know conversations like this. And so all those platforms are are things that we're trying to go out. And I would just say. I would just say this, and I wonder if you can relate to this, is everything takes more time and money than I thought. And I was just very in this like, okay, we need to stay in business. So I need to meet with people, meet with people. But if I continue to meet with people, we're not able to build the business. And so we've just had this transition recently where it's like, now I have, you know, five people on my team. We have other advisors, we have other coaches, we have people that were running operations and we've made money so that we could pay those people. But now we're able to scale and make a bigger impact. So sorry if that was all over the place, but um, to be honest, we're still, we're still grinding and uh, working on the clarity. Yeah, and, and that's good. And actually, I, I like asking these kind of questions because what a lot of people think is they see people who are on stages and giving presentations and having success like you are, Caleb, and they think they've got it all figured out. And they're like, oh, I could never be like that person because I don't even know how to do you know, a business plan or I don't even know where I'm going with my business. But it's actually interesting because even you know some amazingly successful entrepreneurs that, that I've kind of interviewed on our show, you know, often say very different things, but a lot of it stems back to, well, we're just 
just kind of figuring it out as we go along. So it's always interesting to find out. And, uh, and I totally agree with you there. It, it can be confusing. And for me personally, I feel like you, you have two modes, right? You have like entrepreneur mode where it's like, get all the business in, get us, you know, get as much money as we can. And then you have to pause and be like, oh, wait, bit, we can't handle all of these customers. We need to build the systems and we need to do that CEO style work. And you kind of flip between the two. It's like turning up the volume and then going, putting the systems in place so you can grow more, which it kind of sounds like what you've been going through, Caleb. It's now you've got the team in place. Now it's time to go back to scaling and getting more customers in the front door again. And, and that was extremely hard uh, because you're investing in people. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's even a debate. Like people are your greatest asset. Like the, that, that's like, that's an, a, just a, a firm belief that I have. And so, yeah, I mean, when we first started, I took my savings um, and invested in operations and people, which was scary, but I knew that our message was so good. I knew that our, that, that, that this would get, it's only a matter of time until the, the floodgates open. And so, yeah, the, the, the tough thing is, and I can't fully give you a case study now, but it's a really good idea that we spent a year working on operations and while it wasn't sexy, it's going to make us be able to scale to 10 million, 100 million, whereas most people are capped because they just, it's just them, them and an assistant. They don't actually have a company that they can do things virtually, that they can uh, educate and, and you know, work with people at scale. Yeah. So when you, when you first got started, I understand that when you were um, building out your team and getting ready for everything, there was a number of different things. Like you said, you did the business plan and the logos and we're trying all these different things. What was the, what was the really big challenge that you weren't expecting to face when you first started to build this audience? Oh, my book. I, the, the book was a disaster <laughs> I, because, because I'm okay. So I'm dyslexic. So I don't, like, like reading is really, really tough for me. Uh, and always like I graduated college. So like I can read and I like, it's not, it's just, it's just really tough for me. And it's hard for me to comprehend things. And I knew like, like I knew that the message was so powerful that I needed to get it out. Like I needed to, like, if people understood this, there'd be a line outside the door. And so I didn't, and by the way, none of my book is like some in like thing that I came up with. It's just all the things that I've learned from other people. And because of my dyslexia, like I, I make things incredibly simple. Like I hear things multiple times and then I can repeat it. Like I, um, so I, I'm gifted in that area. And so we have all this stuff that we have and like, just, I call it the tuition fund. The amount of money and time that I wasted on this dumb book was, is it's embarrassing to like share. Okay. So I, it's just, we had multiple people and it really came down to this lack of clarity on my end. Like I, I, I wanted a book, but I didn't even know like the, the different outlines that went through. And so the thing that I think the biggest mistake that I made was not getting really clear on, you know, the pre-work on like the laying out what I actually wanted. Like I wanted a book, but why? And what was that book going to be? And who is that going to serve? And so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like wanting to write a book or wanting to podcast or wanting to do something, do the work beforehand so that like you have clarity. And that's one thing that we do with money now is we don't move forward with someone if they don't have clarity. If they don't know why they want to do what they're doing. And that was my biggest problem is I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to have impact. But I had this scarcity mindset is if I just target one group of people, I would be losing out on so much other money and potential where it's the exact opposite. You have to be niche and who you're targeting. And so, yeah, I, I mean, that's they're so grateful for it now, but it like it was it was a painful process to 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 get to. 
yeah, that makes so much sense. And and it's funny, it's not just with books, it's with everything. You know, if you can't clearly understand exactly who you are and what you're trying to get people to, it's very difficult to get any kind of clarity and make any progress. So I just want to change gears a little bit quickly, Caleb, because I, I love this whole story and I think it's really inspiring about how you're going through the process of growing a business and kind of these hurdles that you're taking along the way. But I actually want to dig a little bit deeper into your specific expertise because there's a lot of people listening right now who are entrepreneurs. And if they're anything like me, finances scares the crap out of them because they don't want to even look at it. They're just like, all right, well, I'll kind of put about 30% aside for taxes and just hope that they don't ask for any more. And like, I'm just going to, you know, wing it and hope that I can make it and, you know, see what happens towards the end of the year. And then hopefully my CPA doesn't tell me I'm screwed. So yeah. I'm really interested about your whole mindset about getting money working for you and investing in yourself. So tell me a little bit about how you help entrepreneurs really invest in themselves. It's a great question, man. And it's so true because it's like a lot of times we love to make money, but we forget everything else that comes after the fact that really puts people behind. So uh, this, is, this is what I'll do. The four-step process that I help people and, and the kind of way I tee this up is whether you have a negative bank account or whether you have $100 million. This is the four steps that will truly help you become a more effective, more wealthy, uh, a greater impactful entrepreneur. And so the first step is all about you. Okay. The, the, we, we have to agree that you are your greatest asset. Like the number one investment is not a Roth IRA, not a 401k. It's actually you. So if you're not in a good place, if you're, if you need to do coaching, if you need to invest in your business and it's not thriving, that's, that's where your mindset has to go. Because the greatest, the most people, if they want to make more money, instead of investing their money, they should invest back in themselves, to just make more money. So like the first aspect is all about you and understanding the why I'm, I'm obsessed with Simon Sinek. It'd be really cool if you had, you got him on your show. Um, but this idea of like, you know, start with why people don't care what you do, but they care why you, why you do what you do. And so the first aspect is that and not, not devaluing as it relates to money. And most people, if you really look at how they spend their time, how they use their money, they don't value themselves. That's where really where it comes down to. Um, the second step is now that we are making money, now that we're valuing ourselves, we have clarity. The second step is efficiency. The amount of people in our financial space that just go right into investing, they're like, hey, Jamie, you made money, invested in, in my, you know, my investment is, is inc insane to me. I don't know if you're a golfer, but the example that I love to use is um, what's more important in golf, the swing or the club? And everyone that has played any kind of sport, they're like the swing. But you have to realize Wall Street's just selling you a club. Invest in this, invest in this, invest in this. And you can have the very best club and still suck at golf. Like, like really, like I, I am a perfect example of it. You can give me the very best club and I'm still going to not <laughs> drive it down the fairway. So, so it's that, that idea of, okay, we need to teach the process of how to think about money from efficiency. Okay, what does that mean? How can we increase cash flow? What are areas in your life that you're like losing money that you don't even know that you're losing? Just by helping people start identifying the inefficiencies in their life, usually we can add hundreds, if not thousands and millions over your lifetime by just looking at not investing your money, just looking at it from an efficiency point of view. The couple areas that we look at is we look at cash flow. Okay, there's two ways to increase your cash flow, make more money or keep more. 
And so what, what kind of things there might be attack? I mean, the, if you're an entrepreneur listening to this, understand the tax code, understand can legally deduct things because that's literally free money. That's through efficiency. You doing something and for you have knowledge, you literally have more money that you can do something with it. And, and so there's increasing cash flow. There's re, redirecting assets. If you have money sitting somewhere and you ha- you're clear on what you want to accomplish and that money's not actually helping you get closer, maybe you could be efficient and change that to start being better for you. That I bet there's a lot of people listening to this that feel like um, overwhelmed with debt. There's actually an art and a science on how to best pay off your debt. And so if all we did was help you efficiently line up your, your money and help you power down your debt, like we could add, we can give you multiple years back, can, you know, uh, make that efficient, we'll put more money in your pocket. So there's just example after example of how we can be more efficient. And that's where we really, that's our step number two, because we want a solid foundation. We want to understand that the swing is way more important than this, the club. The third aspect, and you, any questions, and you can feel it interrupt. Sure, man. No, I'm letting you do your thing, man. <laughs> okay. The third step. Okay. So once you have clarity on who you are, you, you, you're like, you're your created asset. You're, you got that in place. The second step, being efficient with your money. The third step is now understanding the importance of saving your money. Okay. Save it. You know, saving money, it's really the discipline of paying yourself first. There's a good book, Profit First, Richest Man in Babylon was one of the first books that I ever read. And this, one of the principles in that book is pay yourself first before you pay other people. Like it, you need to value yourself enough to actually save money. And so uh, we, and that, that's where our company really specializes in is we go into different strategy on the better places to save your money, where it's, it grows tax efficient, where you can utilize your money uh, in the present, but let it still grow in the future. And so I won't even get into all those things um, in, this, in this show. But the third aspect is really having discipline to save your money. And then the fourth aspect is our greatest financial need. It's actually using money. How many financial people out there are actually teaching you better, more effective ways to use your money now and in the future? Like zero. Like all they're telling you is defer, like just kick, just wait till retirement. Just give us your money. Don't touch it. Uh, retirement and something will happen. Like, no, if you are your greatest asset, if you have an entrepreneur and have a message we're sharing, you need to understand how you can best invest in yourself today and in the future. And so we teach, we identify like if that's a business, like what's the ROI of investing a dollar back in your business? What's the ROI if you have specialized knowledge in real estate or options or, or whatever, what's the ROI in that? And so what I, what I love when people say, Caleb, what should I invest in? Like I, I would go to jail if I told you what to invest in, like just without any information. But if I unpack the things that you really care about, what you're really good at, what you have specialized knowledge in, then we can identify maybe you should invest in a plane ticket to go to, to meet this person. Like that's not something that you'll learn in, in wall street, but it's like, you've got to ask yourself, what activity can I do with my time and money that can provide the most amount of value? And, and if, and money follows value. And so that though, those four step process is, you know, understanding you getting clarity on what you, what you want, understanding that you're your greatest asset and protecting that, that ability to produce. Second thing is be efficient with everything, the money that you currently have, the money that's currently coming in and efficient with how you make decisions. Third aspect is pay yourself first and understand that a dollar lost will never be able to earn for you. And so start saving your money and, and building up that capital, but then start using that capital today, invest it in the things that you care most about and if you do that cycle, every single year, you'll get wealthier, you'll have more clarity, and you'll have a greater impact. Wow, that's really great because those are very, very clear. And it's funny now because everything, everything you're saying to me is like, 
everybody who's who kind of takes hold of your money is just like, well, just give it to us and we'll figure it out for you and don't worry about it. And you can, <laughs> you'll get it back when you retire and hopefully we'll have made a bit of money. But I guess the whole time they're just making the money on it from their perspective. So uh, I, I love that kind of invest in yourself process because it was only really when I started to really invest in myself that I started to see massive differences in my business and, and really in my personal life as well. So Caleb, I'm, I'm kind of uh, interested as well because I'm kind of thinking that from my audience perspective and I'm thinking about you know some of the mistakes that people will be making right now. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see entrepreneurs make when, they, when they're in this space and they're thinking about money? One of the biggest, biggest mistakes that I see uh, entrepreneurs make is they're, they're starting their company and they invest in things that they penal, get penalized to touch, whether it's a 401k, IRA, SEP IRA. And, and by the way, you might be listening to this in a totally different position. I'm not telling you that all those things are terrible. I'm just saying that one of the biggest mistakes that I see is like people making money and then giving up total control. Uh, on a side rant, you think about it is Wall Street's promising us uh, some kind of rate of return, but what are they doing with our money? They're controlling it. Banks, banks are the most profitable business in the world. They don't make their money on compound interest, they make money because they control money or not. So it's just like, okay, so the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes that I see people is, is once they start making money, they're not efficient and they give up total control. And then when they need that money in the future, it's, it's either not there or it's really, really tough to get. And so the biggest thing is, is the control aspect. And then the amount of people that are not clear, that have lack of clarity, that don't understand their why is, it, I mean, business is so tough. It's, it's, it was one of the toughest things that you'll ever do. And it's a really amazing thing. So get clear on why you're doing it. And ironically, if, if you're just in it for the money, um, you're, you're probably in it for the wrong reasons. So, so that's, that's the, the, the that's kind of the biggest aspect. I, and then there's, the amount of people that have like, oh, here's another thing. The amount of people that are investing in things and have credit card debt <laughs> blows me away. I, and, and another thing is people, another question that they'll ask is, Caleb, should I pay off my debt? Well, that's another question I just can't answer for you because if you're telling me, Jamie, that your business will double 100% and you're paying a 15% debt, mathematically, you don't pay off your debt, put it in your business and then take the profits and pay off your debt. The problem is most people like have a dreams that aren't actually a reality. And then they wake up someday in, under water as it relates to their debt. And so it's really getting clear on um, being realistic with that. And if you're investing in, in portion A and you have credit card debt over here, we really just got to start. It goes back to efficient, just making with every dollar, make the most efficient, um, you know, a decision and stuff. Sometimes that means not paying off debt and investing all in in your business. Sometimes that means paying off your debt. Um, sometimes that means investing in something that, you know, it's just, it's like all depends, but it, it starts with getting clarity on who you are. So hopefully that's, that wasn't more confusing. <laughs> no, I think, I think clarity is really important because it doesn't really matter where you're starting from. If you don't know what you're going to be doing or who you're going to be helping or how you're going to get there, it becomes really difficult because, you know, you might decide, okay, you know, I'm going to try and sell more of my products or more of my course. But if you don't know how you're going to do that, well, you don't really know what you need to invest in. You might end up buying a course or something that's completely unrelated and it takes you further away from the end goal. You know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. I think that clarity is super important. Absolutely. So I, I'm kind of um, I'm kind of really interested as well in in what you guys are doing now with your team and and kind of the process that you're putting clients through um, in terms of how you help people kind of initially before they get started. So when you first help your clients, is one of the big things that you're doing all about getting them clarity 
or do you guys go through something else as kind of the first step on, on this journey of getting better with their finances? Great. That's a great, great question. So the, what, what we do first and foremost is when people start coming in, they, they have a clarity call. Uh, and just, you know, seeing if they're a good fit because we're not a good fit for everyone. Um, and then what we do is we, uh, have a blueprint that we, you know, that's for 497 right now because we're still in beta. But what, what that does is it walks them through the four steps, gives them a lot of questions to answer about themselves. We get a full financial questionnaire. We get just, we just are asking a lot of questions, but also giving them the ability to learn as much as they want to learn. And, but understanding those four steps. Okay. And so then we have a coaching call where we cover their why, cover the efficiency. And, and just by efficiency, we are the person that we, we have are saving thousands of dollars in the first year, just because no one's teaching people about efficiency. So if all we did was help people be more efficient and that's it, man, like we're adding tons of value. And then we, and then we show them be- better strategies. I wrote my book on a special strategy on literally how people can save and use their money at the same time. And I know that sounds clickbaity, but it's true. Like the wealthy are doing it, banks are doing it. And so the third aspect is how we set that up. It's, a, it's using a special type of life insurance contract that very few people understand. And, and so when it's set up properly and used properly, it's just an incredible thing that not only protects you, but lets your money grow and you can be able to use. And so we're experts on that. And so that the third aspect is if someone is interested in setting that up, we set that up for them. And that takes that, that process is pretty intense because you have to take a medical exam. You got to do certain things and you got to apply. So we, we are experts in that field. And then the fourth area is having clarity on what we're going to reinvest in. And um, a lot of people that are drawn to us have a message that needs to get out and has a business that they have. And so usually the number one investment that they have is back in their business. And the number two investment that's really popular right now is just waiting waiting for opportunity. I, I, I'm a firm believer if you have access to capital, opportunity is going to seek you out. And especially with where our economy's at, how awesome would it be to have money when the economy crashes to be able to buy you know, investments, real estate on pennies on the dollar? And so if, you know, that's, if, if, you're, if you're listening to this and have money and you feel like I need to do something with it, maybe the answer is just wait, just wait for an opportunity. And um, so those are... The, those are the, the four steps. And so people go through that. It's a combination of education and then coaching. Because I don't, I don't believe in just... Our model is I would feel terrible if I just had a course and didn't ha- have help them. Um, but the reason why we have that blueprinting course is there's, just so, there's such a huge demand that we can't... We have to you know, balance that out. And, and that's the way that we scale. So that's how we help people. And, and then ongoing, uh, we have a community of people that believe in what we believe and, and we're in the process of continuing to grow that community. And that's, that's been a super fulfilling thing. Yeah. It must feel great to be able to help all these different people and really get that kind of, I guess that positive side of, of, you know, and I know you don't really like kind of branding yourself as a financial advisor, but I guess it's good to get the positive side of it back and you to really mm-hmm. help people, you know, make their money work for them. Why, why do you think it is that financial advisors have such a bad stigma around them? Oh, I mean, number one, look at the average age. So, I mean, it's, it's like over like 57. Okay. Our industry has done such a poor job, such a poor job. Like Jamie, they need you. They need to learn how to tell stories because we literally have a crisis on our hands. Um, so we done, do such a bad job of training and it's such a, I mean, this is when I got in the industry, this is what they told me. You need to make a list of people, hundred people, ask them out to coffee, sell them. And at the first meeting, ask for three more referrals. Like if that doesn't make you like just 
feel sick to your stomach. I don't know what, like, I'm like, there's no way I'm doing this. Like, there's no way I'm doing this. And so number one, bad training. Number two is everyone has their own agenda. I mean, I have an agenda if I'm being completely frank. Okay. But I'm independent and I learned like this really unique way. Most people that learn, go to college, learn a financial degree, get a job working for a company, which trains them. And ironically, they're trained to sell their products. And, you know, it's, 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 again, it's just this whole, like most people are not trained to actually think about how money works. They're trained about how to pitch their thing. And, um, and again, like, you know, I have to look at that as I speak to you today saying, I need to take a step back and be like, I need to continue to put the client first because what we're doing today, if that changes, if there's something better along, I need to be able to adapt. And that, that means I have to know how money actually works. And most, most financial advisors take a test, work for a company and sell their thing. And they're actually not, it's not like they're intentionally bad. I'm not at all. It's, it's really the, the strategies and systems don't work, but you know, you don't know what you don't know. And I was just dumb enough to ask a lot of questions and travel a lot and be looking like I was 15, got me into some pretty prestigious places shadowing. I didn't say a word, but I, I learned from people that really understand how money works. And it's like, once you take that pill, you have that aha moment, you, you can't rest until other people um, see that. No, I love that a lot. And I, and I really love your mission behind, you know, trying to help as many people as possible. And, and I think it's great to be able to take that step back and, and really subjectively look at yourself. Uh, I think that's amazing. And, uh, and one kind of thing, you know, one final question before we, we look to wrap up this interview, Caleb, and I've had a lot of fun. And, and I, I think it's been great to chat with you about this. And definitely, I think we should get you back on in the future for another episode, because I, I really just love hearing about how your business is growing and, and the changes it's going through. What, you know, what over the next year, year to, to maybe year to two years, what do you think is one of the big challenges that you guys are facing as you grow the company? Dude, you ask so many great questions and I, I just like that, that is why you're winning. And that's why I'm so glad I'm connected with you. Uh, so I'm just <laughs> shameless plug there. Uh, the, the biggest challenge that we're going to, we're going to face is, is growing. So we have, we have some, so when I spoke at traffic and conversion, there were, there, there were a couple business owners that have massive audiences who understood the strategy that I was talking about, read my book and reached out and said, Caleb, we love what you're doing. Come fly down to our headquarters. Let's talk. And we want to start referring people to you. And here's the problem is what's going to, our biggest challenge is when the floodgates open, how do we serve 3000 people? Like we, we have, we're, we're, I feel like we're doing a pretty good job now, but it's like, there's only a matter of time. And so when you hit that, when you hit that thing and you really believe in like, like I I just made a statement that's unscalable. It's like, if I want to truly make an impact, there's got to be a a course aspect to it, an education aspect, but there's also got to be a coaching. And our biggest challenge is how do we scale that? And there's, there could be like group coaching session. We, like we can do the whole value ladder kind of deal and really be clear. But like I, it's saying no to things just to make money. If, if we're going to sacrifice, if we're going to sacrifice the quality and the true, the true mission of why we, why we started what we started. And um, I, do you mind if I tell a quick one minute story? Sure, man. Go for it. One of the things, and I didn't even know I was going to go here, but one of the, one of our co-founders actually passed away. Um, last year, he died of cancer and the incredible man, uh, just, just incredible. Um, 
And he, I, I visited him about a week before he passed. And he, he told me something that I like, again, am revisiting and taking very seriously. He said, Caleb, don't forget why we started. And, and, and he, he said that out of love because I get so excited about having a big impact and getting out there and growing a business. Like I, I really believe this is a billion dollar business, but I don't want to build a billion dollar business at the sacrifice of, of losing why we started what we started. And it was truly to help people reach their highest potential and not forget about the small entrepreneurs, not to get, forget about the families, not forget about the people graduating college that don't have a clue. And so the, the challenge is how do we not lose why we're doing what we're doing and be able to scale because people are resonating with our message and it's only a matter of time until the gates open. So that's, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of the overview and it would be fun to reconnect and there's, there's a lot more that we could unpack. And, and I just appreciate you so much for letting me uh, be a part of your community and your show. And um, you have an incredible gift. I really, truly mean that of making this not feel like a podcast or an interview, but like a conversation. Wow. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing that because I think it's really important. And, and one thing that I really love is that as we speak to more entrepreneurs, we, we really do dig down into the why, you know, why are you guys doing this? And, and it's funny and it often is sometimes a situation where a couple of people sit together in the room and they say, this is what we want to do. Let's try and not forget that. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate you sharing that story. And uh, I'm sure he's going to be super proud of all the stuff that you do over the next couple of years, man. It's going to be amazing to watch your journey go past. Just before we wrap up the interview, I just wanted to ask you, uh, we're asking all of our guests now, just kind of four quick fire questions. Are you up for that? I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, awesome. All right. So first, what's your favorite business book? Uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins. Great. I love that. Who's an entrepreneur you're following or studying right now? Uh, I'm, I'm studying Gary Vee, like probably like a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, he's putting it out there. Um, what's your favorite online tool to grow your company? Yeah, I'm going to say ClickFunnels. Um, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say ClickFunnels right now. Yeah, man, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm with you. Now this is kind of a funny question because most entrepreneurs who I get on the show, I say, take us back. What do you wish the 20 year old you knew? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what's like, yeah. What, what do you wish you remembered like, uh, this morning when you woke up for breakfast? But I guess if you could go back and you could speak to a younger version of yourself before you kind of got to where you are now, is there any advice that you would really think would be important for you to hear? Yes. And it's this, it's care what people think about you, but really don't care about what people think about you. So it's like, it's, I, even to this day, man, like I want everyone to like me. And, and that is such a uh, dangerous thing. And, and so it, it, yeah, it's just, it's just like live with integrity, lead with value and like do what you need to do and don't do things to just impress other people because there will always be people that if you're going for it, if you're the, if you're being an entrepreneur and going out after it, you're going to get people that uh, disagree with that. And every time that you're thinking about that or doing something for other people, um, I, if I look back on the mistakes that I've made and all the things that have like dragged me down, it's because I care way too much about what other people think. And, um, and that literally has changed the impact that I've been able to have. And so, um, that's the clarity that I'm starting to have. And I'm, um, that's a great question. 
No, I love that. I love that so much. Brilliant. Caleb, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Just before you go, there's going to be a ton of people out here who are like, wow, this is great. Like, how do I find out more? So if somebody wants to find out more, we definitely want you to give us the link to the book as well for people to check out. Because I know that you're doing an amazing offer, right? Where you're giving it away for free and people just have to pay for like the shipping. Absolutely. Uh, and it would, it would literally make my day uh, to, to send out as many books as possible. Um, so the, the, the book, and you can put this probably in the show notes, but it's and asset. A-N-D, asset, A-S-S-E-T com. So go there and uh, get free copy. And then pretty much my company is called betterwealthsolutions.com. And then on all social media, uh, my first name, Caleb, my last name's kind of unique. It's G-U-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. I, I, I told Jamie before the show, think of Williams and guacamole and, and marry them <laughs> together. Uh, and so uh, so that's where you can follow me and, and give me some tips on social media. Because that's, that's one thing I'm going to be up in my game this year is now that we've taken the time, we've taken the journey, we know we have, we're super connected in this space. We have the operations. Now, how do I... So I use the power of social media and other platforms to start sharing the message. And so, um, yeah, man, that's, that's the best way to connect with me. Amazing. So you guys heard that. We're going to put the links down in the show notes as well. So if you want to head down there right now, I'm telling you guys, you need to check this out. I literally have a copy on the way over to my house right now. And we're going to check it out. It's actually on my on the way to the house in Korea because that's where we're going to be next. But <laughs> super exciting. <laughs> we're going to read it anyway. It. Caleb, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Um, just before we wrap up, is there any kind of final thoughts or anything else that you want to share with the audience? I, going back to stop devaluing yourself. Value yourself, get clear on your why, and, and then take, do an audit. And uh, my, my, uh, one of my best friends passed away at the age of 40, 46. And so we're not guaranteed anything and uh, live life with no regret. No, I love that so much. Caleb, thanks so much for being on the show. Guys, make sure you go and check out uh, everything that Caleb's doing online. Grab a copy of his book while it's free. It probably won't be that way for a while. You just got to pay the shipping. And Caleb, I'm excited to see what's going on, man. Let's stay connected and let's maybe have you back on the show in the future. Dude, appreciate you, man. Have a great rest of your week. All right, sweet brother. All good. That's a wrap. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.